Welcome to the Grace Undeserved Podcast. This is Gretchen Carrasco. I am riding an exercise bike to try to uh, just get out some stress of this past several weeks and especially this past week. And I haven't been recording. podcast episodes or publishing anything because I've been super busy. Um, The last you heard from me is we sold our our house in a couple of days. Well, after a few, few days after that, the buyers backed out and said that, anyways, they just use an excuse and I really believe that they weren't the right people for this house. And I don't know how this is going to sound <laughs> while I'm recording this. And, but I'm just keeping it real. That's what I have intended to do with this podcast. So I'm just doing it. Um, I had a panic attack this week and didn't realize that is what was happening to me till like a couple days after when I started putting all the pieces together and um, reflecting on how I was feeling and the circumstances. And apparently I have this pattern in my life of whether it's me trying to, you know, be my own advocate and trying to get help for myself when I know in my heart something is going on with me and just trying to get the help that I need, whether it's me, my children, and now apparently our pet, our dog. Let me talk to you for a second. So... I had a beagle growing up, and um, I loved this dog. Long story short, the dog ran away, and I had dreams throughout my adulthood about our dog, Blue, and I, like, really loved him. Well, when we were trying to find a dog, specifically for my daughter, Lily, she loves pets and she wants to be or she just is into watching vet shows and learning all she can to help take care of animals and she has fancy mice and um, so we got a beagle two and a half years ago and She, from the time she was eight weeks old, she was throwing up and having like diarrhea and blood in her stools. And it's been, it's been a challenge to try to help her. Um, And I've taken her to the vet and had some interesting experiences. I was, um, 
you know, the, the go-to thing is to put dogs on antibiotics. And I think I did it maybe a couple of times, but as I kept trying to get help for her, and they're only doing the same thing except now they want to change her diet and put her on prescription food and stuff like that. It's like, and that wasn't working. And I asked Lily, I said, what do you want to do? She is your dog and you know more about like, you know, pet stuff and veterinary type stuff. And she said, I've been reading this book about kibble and all the crap they put in their food. I want to try either we make it ourselves, or um, we just buy this Dr. Marty's uh, freeze-dried raw food. So I'm like, all right, reality check. I hate cooking. I'm not going to be making stuff for the dog, but I'll spend a lot of money to try to help her not be so miserable. So we did that route, and but at the same time, the vet, this particular one, it's a different one, but at the same place, he suggested, or gave some ideas of what we could do, and I went with a cytopoint shot, which is an immune suppressant, because she was something she was allergic to, and we just couldn't figure, we weren't on the road yet to, of knowing what she's allergic to. Um, and she was tearing her skin apart and itching and stuff. So I decided to do this cytopoint shot and at the same time, then we changed her food. So I don't know if it was the food or the shot or the combination of both that helped her. Anyways, so she was doing better, not tearing her skin apart, not eating like it and you know, eating her skin apart like um, she wasn't really eating her skin but just biting it with her teeth and itching that way too and um, so I'm like sweet this food's working everything's fine then my daughter and her two sisters went out of town when um, over the summer and then Zoe our dog our beagle decided I'm not gonna eat that food anymore and she also has an anxiety component to her um, maybe she picks up on my anxiety or whatever <laughs> blame myself for another thing I'm really good at that um, but uh, whatever the case is is she started to go downhill again after about three months and back to the same old stuff again. And now we're into fast forward from the summer to just a month ago. Today is December 11th, 2021. And she at her healthiest was 20, 21 pounds. She starts to get a little chubby at 21 pounds. She's just a, a little beagle. Everybody thinks she looks like a puppy and she's two and a half years old. So anyways, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick of hearing myself breathe <laughs> like this. I don't know if anybody's going to even want to listen to me sounding like this, but I need to talk. Maybe nobody wants to listen, but I need to 
get this out. Um, anyways, so she, I took her, she was so sick puking and puking all like all the time throughout the day. She couldn't keep food down. And I knew it wasn't like a virus sickness or a bacteria or, or any of those things that they always, you know, parvo. We've gotten all those tests. We had blood tests done. Um, but, but I always figured that whatever she had was, you know, um, she was born with it, that it was genetic and that we need to figure out, get, dig deeper instead of just trying to, you know, I agree with changing diet, you know, giving, doing the best, you know, foods or everything. But in my heart, I just knew that that wasn't going to give us the answers that we needed. And I just, we, I took her to the vet and they said she's 15.2 pounds. She has skin and bones. She was feeling like a, a cat, you know, when you pet a cat and you feel their bones. I'm just like, and Lily's, one of her three mice died and it broke my heart. And I realized that I hadn't bonded with Zoe, our dog, and that I was doing it on purpose. <laughs> I didn't realize it, but I mean, subconsciously, I was not... <laughs> wanting to love this dog and I think it's because um, I loved our beagle so much when I was growing up and I thought she's kind of a sick dog and if she dies then I didn't want to be upset about it and I've made comments because she's whatever I've made comments not nice ones like if she runs away like one more time, I don't care. She'll come back. It causes everybody like anxiety and like, oh, our dog ran away. Like she'll come back. And during the summer, she ran away and came back after a while. And I'm thinking, she's gonna know. She's gotta know where we live. She knows where we live. And she's gotta know she can find her way back. And um, she was thirsty and stuff after running away, but she found her way back home. And anyways, um, so I took her to the vet. We're trying to figure out what to do. There's a new vet there, Dr. Scott. She's awesome. Love her. And she just moved to this area. So, I mean, she's not just new to that place. She's new to this area and I, I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that we have a different perspective, somebody that's coming in and this is what we're gonna do. We got, she's like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this and we're gonna figure this out. She ordered an ultrasound and I'm like, you know what? After Lily's mouse died, it literally broke my heart to see how she cares for, sorry, how she cares for these animals and loves them so much. And I know this is, uh, 
I know this is life that, you know, things die and stuff, but it broke my heart. And from that point on, I think I started to bond with Zoe because, I don't know, my heart was softened. And I'm like, I do not, I really don't want this dog to die. No, I don't want her to run away and never come back. I don't, um, I just was kind of seeing her as another, like an infant to take care of. And I'm like, I'm done taking care of infants. I'm done losing sleep, like <laughs> to clean up poop and stuff. I don't clean up puke. My husband normally does that, and and up until this point, pretty much, Lily has been taking care of Zoe and cleaning up her messes, and um, and when she would get sick, she'd clean it up and stuff, and when she's at school, she can't clean it up, you know, so it's me, and and I was just seeing Zoe as one more, uh, responsibility that I needed to do instead of uh, a dog to love and so that changed and I'm like I'm gonna I just my heart was softened like I said and I could just I wanted to help her and the the um what kind of was encouraging me to do that I think is the love that I have for my daughter and so with encouragement from my husband you know he should take her in and I just in the middle of a move or just all the stuff going on with the house that's gonna have to be a different episode um I'm just starting to feel overwhelmed and we got this ultrasound and they I let uh Lily stay home because I felt like she needed to be there and it would be educational for her as well because she's really, like I said, into all this veterinary stuff. And um, so she got the ultrasound, they had to sedate her and Lily was at the head of Zoe and I was right next to the ultrasound doctor actually. And she has one kidney and her bowels were really inflamed, really inflamed, like the wall of her intestines. And he seemed perplexed that she's only two and a half and that the way her intestines looked, looked like cat intestines with irritable bowel disease that dogs don't normally have. And I mean, I joked around, I was like, she acts like a cat. Like, what is she, like, part cat and stuff? And But, I mean, it's not funny what she's been going through, but uh, Lily kind of calls her a cat sometimes, too. So, you know, we had fun along the way, but I tend to take a lot of things on or take the responsibility for things, and I'm like, oh, I need to, like... I need to really advocate for Zoe now. I've been, I've been trained for this in the year 2021. 
you know, advocating for myself, advocating for one of my other children that has been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, um, ASD, which is, so all these things stand for, um, if you don't know, um, oppositional defiance disorder, autism spectrum disorder, and, um, and I'm blank the other one because I have ADHD. <laughs> Anyways, my brain sometimes doesn't work the way that I would like. But anyways, um, so I have been through it with the medical system this year. And I kind of know what I'm signing up for when I start dealing with the medical system. But I don't know what the veterinarian system is. And... What was it? Tuesday, last Tuesday, today's Saturday. I, it was like she was communicating to me, Zoe, that uh, you need, I'm not okay and I'm dying. You need to help me and we need like do this now. And maybe there are some people who don't think that that's a possibility that animals can communicate telepathically or whatever but I believe they can and I believe they have a spirit and she was communicating to me and I was picking up what she was putting down and we did this and I took my five-year-old and it's a story it's kind of a long story but I found out a little that got x-rays and there was drama between the emergency veterinarian place and our vet they couldn't get the records and they were yelled at by our veterinarians uh, uh, secretary whatever you want to call her and but I've been really she's been nothing but nice to me and she was yelling at this young tech who's trying to help me with Zoe, all, all we wanted to do was get her record so we could get the show on the road, but she ended up being at this emergency room place from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And it was a long day. I took Malachi to the mall to go to the food court to get something to eat and then to play. Cause he's like, mom, mom, mom. I'm hungry, and so we go out to the car and get crackers. Mom, 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 after that, I'm hungry. And, you know, who wants to sit in a little room for hours and hours? Not a five-year-old, not a 45-year-old. Uh, so I, we got some rolled ice cream, and we had, like, um, a good time. And I, I actually, I enjoyed that one-on-one -on -one time with Malachi because... Usually, he's at home with his 18-year-old sister, and I'm taking other siblings to appointments, or me to appointments, and with COVID and stuff, I don't like you to bring a bunch of people with you when you go to places, so I try to do the best that I can, 
and I always have a lot of mom guilt <laughs> and feeling like I should do more. Um, I need to spend more time with my kids. I need to be a better mom. Um, I need to teach them more. And I tend to not look at the good that I do. And it's not really helpful to, to think the way that I do a lot. So I have been working on changing my thinking to change how I feel. And I really desire strong, close relationships with people around me. And I have a difficult time communicating. And I tend to get use more words to try to get people to understand what I'm saying. And sometimes I get pretty intense um, and passionate about the things um, that are when I speak sometimes. And, and since people aren't inside of my head or my body, they don't understand maybe like what I'm trying to say, and especially my husband. And um, anyways, so my phone had been dying that whole day on whatever Tuesday, I think it was. And so I had the battery on the low. And I, every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, my phone's about to die if, you know, and I don't have my charger with me. I cannot, you know, so if I lose you, and I tried to let my mother-in-law know, hey, probably not gonna be home. Can you get pizza for the kids tonight? And just trying to cover all my bases, you know, trying to adult. None of this probably is a challenge for anybody else. But that day, those things were a challenge for me. But I really felt, even in the storm, that the Lord was my anchor. And I knew he was there with me. And as I was driving, after I just got out, actually I got off a phone call, right when the person hung up, my phone finally died after hours of me thinking it's about to die. And I think I was so stressed and so overwhelmed with different things that was going on. And I'm only sharing this one thing really, like this circumstance. So it might be hard to understand why I would be overwhelmed, but, um, and I'm like, great. I can't type in this place in my navigation in my Nissan NV van for some reason. And I don't know the cross street. So I'm just gonna drive from this mall to somewhere where I know I'm gonna go to Whole Foods and maybe I can get a cord to plug my phone in so I know how to get back to the veterinary emergency place so I can pick up my dog that I decided I wasn't gonna keep there, keep her there. And then I'm saying all of this to tell you what led up to my panic attack. So I just really was overwhelmed and started to feel a little like scared but at the same time, I'm trying to have a conversation with myself. 
I always thought that was weird until I started talking, even my counselor, she's like, no, I do that all the time. And, but in my mind, I'm like, I have like multiple personalities or something. I'm having a conversation with myself, arguing with myself or trying to talk my, one of myself, like, like, you know, Gretchen, it's going to be okay. You know, you know where you're at, but whatever your brain is doing right now is telling you you're lost and you don't know where you're at. And it was scary and it was like a stress response. And it was like my body was like shutting down or my, my brain was and I'm like, this isn't fun. And the stupid parking lot at this particular Whole Foods is the smallest parking lot. And the cars are like, I'm not just saying this because I was having a panic attack, but it's horrible to navigate in a giant van. But I did it, and I just pulled over. And I'm having a prayer in my heart, like, probably the whole time, like, please help me. I just need to find this place. I don't know if you've ever felt alone and like your brain is like spinning and you feel lost and scared and you don't, and at the moment you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I knew that I was going to be okay. And I am starting to realize what it means to have a relationship with the Lord and and to rely on him. I know a lot of people think that he isn't real and this and that, but I know that he is. And he, especially in that moment, was my strength. And I'm like, just, I need to know the cross streets. I can picture it in my mind. I can see the place. I can see the road. But for some reason, I can't think of the name. And I'm like, oh, it's on Jefferson. Oh, and like, ugh. And, and I figured it out, Montgomery and Jefferson. And so then I could type that into my navigation on the van. And I made it there. So, and it just kind of was a bit of a mess. And I, I can't even get into that. I don't understand why the doctor, um, I'll get into this little part because there's a piece of this puzzle that I didn't know. I didn't know that there might be something wrong with our dog's heart. And when I was talking with the doctor, she called me while I was at the mall with my five-year-old and, you know, trying to watch him, keep an eye on him at the playground and trying to hear what the vet was saying. Usually I would take notes, but I didn't have, I, just, I didn't uh, take notes when she was talking to me. And I was trying to remember all the stuff that she told me on the phone, but I couldn't remember what she said about Zoe's heart. And so when I was waiting for them to release Zoe after I paid hundreds of dollars um the doctor finally comes in and um she seemed like I, I don't know 
I don't know. She probably had a really long day. She probably was one of the main doctors. I know she was in and out of surgery and and taking care of probably, you know, dogs could have gotten hit, cats could have gotten hit by cars and she's trying to save their life. I understand that. But what I don't understand is why when I asked her, okay, you told me, I said, you told me some things about um, her heart. And I can't remember what you said. Can you, can you tell me what you said on the phone? She's like, oh, I can't comment on that. And I'm like, am I freaking in the twilight zone right now? Like, why, why, why would somebody say that? It was almost like she thought she was like on trial. And mind you, and I stay pretty respectful and kind to people, even when I feel anxious or frustrated, unless they're my husband or kids. Just yeah. <laughs> um. Like, I could have gone Karen on her, really. I have a short haircut, I look like a Karen, but I don't try to let my Karen, my inner Karen come out. And I felt like she was trying to, and I said, no, that's not gonna help. This doctor, for whatever reason, is not gonna help you. And I asked her again, I said, so wait, you're telling me after I, I don't know if I said this, I probably thought it, thought, I'm thinking, after I paid these people over $600, now they don't want to tell me the stuff that they learned. And I'm like, I'm not leaving here without these x-ray images and blood work results because I know how things go. In the medical system, I'm like, I'm starting to learn about the veterinarian system and I just asked her again, I'm like, wait, so you're saying you can't tell me what you already told me on the phone? And she's like, I just saw some changes in her heart, but I cannot comment on that. That's why I wanted her x-rays to be looked at or whatever. And I'm like, all right, I was done with this place. And, but I had a good buddy at the front desk who, ironically, was the one that got yelled at. And she was super nice to me. And I'm like, hey, another thing the doctor told me is that the people that send the x-rays are, are gone for the day. So I'm not gonna be able to get those x-rays. And I'm like, wanna make a bet? Hey, Amanda. They told me, she told me that I couldn't get the x-rays. And she's like, oh, I can get them for you. I'm like, sweet, thank you. It pays to be nice. And it's awesome when there's kind people at these places. So I know we all have hard times, but if we can suppress our inner Karens be kind. Sometimes things can work out. I still don't understand it. And I did call the administration and let them know my experience because the girl that worked there was telling me, kind of encouraging me in not so many words, <laughs> though. And her body language is like, you need to 
tell them your experience. And I didn't even tell you hardly any of what I experienced that day between the two vets. And I was just, I was trying to work my skills that I have. And I really think that I um, can't, I'm, I'm pretty good at giving information, passing information. I don't like to be the middleman. I wanted them to work one-on-one -on -one with the vets, but for whatever reason, you know, everybody's busy, everybody's short-staffed. Um, it just didn't work out that way. So I was like trying to do my best. And the next day we took Zoe to Dr. Scott and we started her on, we got her an injection of a steroid and tomorrow we're starting her on a liquid steroid until we get some blood work done from Texas A&M. Our blood work results back from Texas A&M. So, um, thanks for listening to my rambling about what triggered kind of my an anxiety or a panic attack, but I realized this pattern that when I am trying my best to not help me, my children, and help my pets, uh, it apparently something has happened to me, some kind of trauma, and I, I don't know what it is exactly why uh, I why I tend to get really high blood pressure when I'm dealing with, with um, emergency room stuff. There was an incident, uh, something that happened with the emergency room with one of my children's that was, one of my children's, did I just say one of my children's? With one of my kiddos that felt very similar to what happened to me when I was in the car and started to feel really confused. And um, so I'm at the point where I, uh, I, I, I am on hormonal therapy, which has helped me have an appointment on... Um, Tuesday to get uh, testosterone pellets and more and so that's like I've done one round of the pellets and before I had those inserted I um, was pretty anxious and I knew that it was a hormonal type imbalance and so I'm trying to trying to go with the flow and see if that's gonna help me again but um when I get that done again but like I said it was my first round I don't know so I have to gauge how things are going and again advocate for myself and try to find the help um, with what I'm experiencing because if I continue to have panic attacks I'm definitely I tried to get in with my counselor and I had an appointment on that same day on Tuesday, but with, I chose to, to listen to my dog and help her 
and I knew that I wouldn't be out of there and so I wanted to be respectful of other people there trying to get him to see the counselor and so I just told her I'll be okay I knew I would get through the stress and stuff but there's just some things that I need to work through and maybe she can see um, a connection with these different situations that I've encountered that trigger me and try to figure out what might help me um, because I do the breathing when I'm in it, you know, taking deep breaths. Um, when I have that, I'm taking, um, I take, I'm taking magnesium and I just these past couple of days, I started to feel like alert that I was getting allergies. Um, it's been so windy here and I was out yesterday in the wind and I started feeling like I was going to sneeze and just pressure in my head. And I'm like, oh, I have some hydroxyzine that they prescribed for me months and months ago when I was having um, these health challenges um, with my body and just the physical and physical challenges and, you know, mental and emotional stuff. Um, they prescribed me that for the anxiety and I thought well if I'm getting like you know allergy type stuff and anxiety I wonder if this would help me and it did like um maybe I could do another episode and try to explain what anxiety feels like or I guess I can do it now but I feel like this is so long and rambling, but hey, if you're with me still and you want to know what an anxiety or a panic attack feels like or what anxiety feels like. So for me, I notice I tend to get like this hotness like in my chest and it might feel a little tight, but it doesn't feel like a heart attack to me. I know when I'm anxious, my heart will pound faster my hands will get sweaty, my feet will get sweaty, sometimes my armpits, I'll sweat. Sometimes I'll just drench in sweat. Sometimes this happens to me when I'm trying to communicate on the phone and try to navigate a situation that I'm unfamiliar with and do my best um, and not to like, like <laughs> just not to fall apart and I try to hold myself together and figure things out. Um, and sometimes I'm able to do that. And sometimes my body's like, ha, I'm out of here. Like, sorry for your luck. I'm falling apart whether you like it or not. I don't like that because I want to be able to um, control. And maybe that's the problem, like the control piece. Um, and I am taking this emotional resilience course that's offered through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, that's a church I, I belong to. And I have gone, has it been nine weeks now? It is fantastic. And actually, I have learned a ton 
in this class to the point where I didn't have to go to counseling every week. And it has been probably a little over two months since I've been to counseling. Um, and, but come to, you know, when, when things come up in our life and we want a little bit of help, it's so good to try to find a counselor. And I'm not you know, saying that everybody's experience with a counselor has been great. There's some counselors that make things worse. Just try to find a counselor that works well with you, that you mesh with. That's super important. Um, I, I tend to think that I need to figure everything out on my own, and I don't. And so I'm grateful for friends and for people that share um, their advice in a loving manner, in a non-judgmental way. Um, it's difficult. It is uh, difficult to navigate life with these types of challenges. But um, I've been kind of cruising along kind of for a while. And I understand in my life... They're just bumps in the road that go along, that come along, and that, and it's okay. I am very judgmental of myself. I am very hard on myself. I blame myself for things that probably involve me, but ultimately aren't my fault. I'm not quite sure why I do that, and you know what? It probably doesn't matter recognizing these things and and trying and figuring out how I can stop that because it's not healthy. It doesn't help me and it doesn't help anybody around me either. Um, I'm probably too much in my head a lot and stress um, the more the more things I have going on in my life. Uh, Kind of like, you know, the old thing where you're balancing all these plates and they're spinning. And you're several, you know, spinning on a dowel or whatever. You know, you're trying to keep all these plates spinning. And sometimes some of them fall. Sometimes we need to pick which plates we want to just let drop. Because we need to take care of ourselves. And... Being a mom of many, I did sign up for that. I love my children. Did that mean I know exactly what the heck I'm doing when I decided that? No. Do I know that this do I know that this is my calling to do? Yes. You know how many books I have bought to try to help me with different things with my kids? So many. But I've found that. My Heavenly Father knows me. He knows my children and He knows what each of them need. Now it's for me to be in tune enough to hear Him in my life. And I think when I have, you know, strived to do that, things are so much better than when I feel like when I choose to do things on my own. Things kind of get jacked up a little bit <laughs> like oh um 
I'm hoping that I am speaking to you in a way that makes sense. And you know what? If you think I'm crazy, you're probably right. Because <laughs> this past... Um, month or so has been a roller coaster <sighs> from selling our house in two days to the buyers backing out having to put it back on the market to having to have our house show ready every single day for 10 days um, with six kiddos um, a husband pets I couldn't have done it without friends, um, but that was a, a load to carry, but I knew the ultimate goal was that we were able to get this house, and thank goodness the sellers were kind, because my- It cut off because somebody was calling me. So anyways, I'm so grateful that the sellers of the house that we were in contract to buy, they were really um, patient with us and allowed us a week before they would put their house up for sale. But And we were communicating through our realtors and they really, I think they, they, they communicated, they really liked us and they wanted us to have the house. I had a chance to meet both of the people that lived there and um, Malachi was with us, and he was just a cute, he's just a cute five-year-old, and is quite charming in my opinion, but I'm a little biased, so I think, you know, they they wanted our family to live there, but it has been quite uh, a time trying to negotiate uh, repairs and different things, and, and just, you know, if you've bought and if you bought or sold a house, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, anyways, thank you for listening to the Grace Undeserved podcast. Until next time, God bless, and let's try to recognize God's grace in our lives. Bye bye. One more thing. Happy birthday to my brother, Adam. I love you, bro. I hope you have a wonderful day.